Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens were successful in defeating the Bengals 34-20 at home at a rocking bank, which included all three of us. Guys, what a great joy it was to sit all together just for a little bit at the very end of the game when people decided it was over, but we wanted to say it's actually over, you know? They hadn't unlocked the doors yet for the Bengals, as uh, Rokan would put it. <laughs> so, uh, man, what a time. It was great. Um, you know, uh, focus on the positives first. Uh, 2-0 against the Bengals this year. That's definitely something that we were really hoping for when this season started. It was going to be huge, right? In this divisional race, we looked at the Bengals as the prime uh, contender that we were going to have to the division title. Of course, seasons happen, and we see how things sort out, and it might be a little different now, which we'll we'll get to. But look, uh, big win against them. Like you said, the stadium, that was the loudest I've heard the stadium in as long as I can remember. Um, and it was like that right out from the start. Just an excellent job by the fans who were there, and, and what a show the Ravens put on. It's been a few years since I've been to a night game, so I don't know how recent all that stuff is that they've done, but... A lot of lot of lights. They gave us those those wristbands. I'm sure everyone saw on national TV. Um, it's an excellent presentation by the Ravens PR staff putting that together. And of course, like we said, the Ravens uh, they put together the the biggest, the most important part on the field with that big win. Yeah, definitely. The crowd super super into it. Um, I mean, I think the I think the Ravens ended up putting out something. Uh, I was trying to figure out the math beforehand, but they they ended up putting something on all their socials. Two timeouts five pre-snap penalties and that's between false starts um delay of games all of those things um i mean the heck the Bengals had to take two timeouts in the first quarter alone because of the communication because the crowd was so into it it was fantastic definitely one of the the most electric uh night games that i can think of in at least in recent memory but uh but yeah that was a that was a fun ride back after that um I think, uh, you know, it was, it was just one of the most fun games I think I've been to in a while. Pre-game festivities were on point, too. Uh, mm. Shout out, Alec. Uh, Brisket, again, on point. Turned out great. And mm-hmm. uh, it, was a, it was a great start to what ended up being a really, really great game, too. Oh, man. I actually had a slice of that for dinner. <laughs> it, uh, nice. Yeah. What a delightful uh, pre-game that was. And I will say, like... Definitely want to talk about this crowd noise situation for a bit because I too was taken aback uh, by just like the energy level. It was so much higher than it has been. And I feel like we've talked for a little bit now. It's kind of been coming up. It's been a crescendo. But I really do feel like this was a, a huge moment for the fan base to really just like come out first quarter, like absolutely rip roaring. Um, they deferred. So we scored a touchdown, right? Yeah. We went down the field. Um, took care of business and then they got the ball back and we're like, yep, not today, you know? And in a way I'm disappointed that Burrow got knocked out because I think we could have kept it up. But I think people like after Burrow was gone was like, ah, it'll be all right. Like it was still loud. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like there was a different level of intensity beforehand when it felt like, you know, they they come back at any time. They're, you know, this big opponent, whatever. And um, I hope that we can keep that intensity against the Rams, against uh, Miami Steelers. I don't think I missed anyone, right? There's three more games. At home, <laughs> like those are the yeah, those should be it. Yeah, I think so. yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to keep bringing that intensity, and um, and frankly, like just forever. I, I the only thing I can think of that may have been louder was the Chiefs game. I remember that being really ruckus too. <laughs> like that was a really loud <laughs> game. I know I lost my voice for sure. That was before we had the Halls technology, uh, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> we just like keep putting back Hall cough drops <laughs> to like keep being loud <laughs> and not lose our voice, but uh. Yeah, I know. It was hilarious. A- I had to explain to my coworkers like the hall situation because I, <laughs> you know, just like literally open up the back of my trunk and I was like, "Here, take these." And they're like, "What the hell are you doing?" We've got a system, guys. Like, this, you're gonna thank me later. Yeah, is it just us? <laughs> are we the only ones who do this? <laughs> Let us know in the comments if anybody else uh, as a as a. Uh, I can't say pre you know, pregame uh, preparations or anything. Uh, you take anything? You drink any tea beforehand? Honey? Halls, <laughs> yeah. Anything? Yeah, it's like we were just taking like uh, notebooks out. James Labrie, they let us bring in, uh, you know, hot water with uh, with honey. We would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think we got to go right into it though. Um, talk about the offense um, because I think 
you know, the, the first thing we got to put out there, um, Mark Andrews hate seeing him go down. Um, you know, originally Harbaugh, um, surprisingly, I think kind of gave out the injury report of like, yeah, he's not coming back. Um, but some good news today. Um, apparently, it's not as bad as it could have been. And maybe there might be an outside chance that if we make a deep run in the playoffs, Andrews maybe could come back at some time. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels a little bit at this point, like, you know, what we've heard with uh, with Lamar in uh, in 21 and 22. But um, I mean, at the same time, though, talking about a different position, right? It's a little different when you're looking at um, a quarterback coming in, having to play every snap when they're out there, having to do the mobility that that Lamar is doing. I mean, you know, maybe Andrews can get himself to a state where he'll he'll be fine coming in for certain packages, being in a timeshare with likely and Kolar, right, for the playoffs. And I think even then, that wouldn't be a Mark Andrews at full strength, but that would still be valuable to the team, right? So I don't know. I think we're still waiting to hear the official um, medical diagnosis at this point from everything I've read, unless um, you guys have heard differently. I think we're still waiting for that to be uh, disclosed. But yeah, obviously we're hoping that Mark Andrews can come back uh, this year. I mean, we have options. Ravens have options to to step up and, and play the tight end position well. But I mean, the connection that Lamar and Mark Andrews have, like that's something really special. And they've been doing that for years. And certainly that's an advantage to have in this offense, despite the fact that we do have legitimately good weapons outside of Mark Andrews on this team this year. But critical blow, uh, but we do have guys who can step up and they won't replace his production. But I think that there are certainly guys who are fully capable um, of weathering the storm and helping this off passing offense still be successful while we wait for Mark to come back. Yeah, you look at it and first play of the game, pass to Mark Andrews. And, um, you know, that's the safety blanket. He called it uh, peanut butter and jelly. And I think this is going to be a big moment for Lamar's development. It's going to be the first time that he's been gone for a long time. But he also has the horses to be able to go somewhere else. Two plays later, they hit uh, Zay Flowers going across the middle. He makes a big play. Um, You know, that's one guy he's going to have to lean on. You know who else? OBJ. Hopefully he's okay with that shoulder injury he had at the end of the game, but huge game from OBJ. Uh, almost doubled, or not doubled, but he almost had half as many yards in this one game as he's had all season long, which is uh, kind of incredible on many aspects, but he's definitely turning it on. And then Bateman got his first touchdown. So he has people he can throw the ball to. Aguilar made a crazy catch and, and run for a touchdown. I think all four of those guys better than Isaiah Likely. So when people are talking... Oh, like, you know, likely he's going to get snaps. Kohler's going to get snaps. I'm not saying they're not going to get snaps. But when you talk about target share, I think it should go to the wide receivers first and foremost. Not so much these um, tight ends. And I like Isaiah Likely. I think he can be a good player. I think he can get that trust once he, like, gets a better rapport with Lamar. But at this point, I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'm excited for these wide receiver options, you know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I feel like... Likely this game, and honestly, we've seen it a couple of games this season too. I think the the chemistry is just not there with Lamar. I think, um, you know, particularly when, when Lamar escapes the pocket and he's trying to kind of find an opening for Likely, it almost seems like they're just not finding, you know, not kind of shifting around in space in the right way. And so, I think there was a pass in this in this game where I think Lamar wanted to put it on his outside, and Likely kind of went inside, and you know, it was just kind of uh, out out of his outstretched hands. So there are a couple of plays like that where it's just like. You know, if, if that was Mark and Lamar, you're going to be able to make that catch, um, you know, potentially even make get a couple of yards upfield because they just they have that field for each other. Uh, but likely doesn't really have that right now. But I will say, um, kind of going on to your point with targeting the receivers, definitely agree with that. I think this is a great game by all of them. Honestly, it could have been even better, especially if you take back that, you know, holding a penalty that they called on OBJ that uh, reversed oh. uh, Zay Flowers' touchdown. But um you know, all those guys are playing really, really well. Um, we should talk more about Odell as well. Um, but I did want to say for for Likely, um, some good things uh, that I have been seeing from him, and I think it showed off a lot in this game, and I would continue, uh, I would hope for that to continue, is um, his blocking out in space is pretty fantastic. Um, I believe it wasn't, it wasn't the touchdown or the touchdown that, was off the board for Zay, but it was another one of his big plays. And I think he got a bunch of yak basically likely take two guys out of the play and basically block a third. 
Um, he just like got one hand on the guy to get him enough to be able to get Zay cutting up field. He runs into another guy, knocks him over, and then like keeps running. Basically, gets a third block. And I'm like, man, like you get you get a guy like Likely who has the speed, be able to go out in space. Like I mean, Ricard is is great, especially on run plays, but pass plays, he just doesn't have the speed to be able to go out and and, and tag that many corners. But you have Likely out in that, like dang, you can do a lot of damage, particularly if you have a really fast receiver behind him. So kudos to to Likely on that. I, figured i want to mention that i do think uh i think you're right on the money alec in terms of target share it's probably going to go that way but likely and also you know for kohler they're going to get plenty of snaps for sure i'm really glad that you pointed that out with likely because really if we recall last year when he came um receiving talent was a no doubt we knew that coming in and he showcased that plenty in the preseason but he had a lot of work to do run blocking um and he's certainly put on the work. It's a world of difference this year. That's not to say that he's perfected his craft. But last year, a lot of instances where the blocking was was subpar, to say the least. This year, it's been a completely different story. We know that he needs to get on track with catching balls and doing some of the stuff he was able to do last year. But the blocking's there. The blocking's there, um, which is, is huge. That was a big step for him. Uh, so... Look, we're rooting for the guy, and hopefully he can uh, catch back some of that magic he had last year. Uh, even if it is, you know, just for a couple receptions game, I think that's still pretty useful to still have um, the threat of a receiving tight end in this offense. Uh, Kolar could step up too. Um, he had a catch last game. You know, it's not much, but I think he's got a solid skill set that could shine. One other uh, name that crossed my mind. And we'll see if the if the Ravens go this way. But let's not forget about uh, one of, the, of our preseason guys that we really liked, uh, Travis Vokalek. I'm not sure if the Ravens are thinking about activating him, but you know this might be an opportunity for him to come in, get some snaps. At, you know, at six seven, maybe he could be a guy who could be a red zone threat in this time. So I think that's another guy that we look at who could step up and you know at least get to see some action of hey. Was anything that we saw in the preseason something that that can carry into actual games? Vogelak's interesting. Uh, Harbaugh was asked about that today during his presser, and he made a couple interesting comments that were not so much about Vogelak, but about like how practice squads are these days. He's like, yeah, they can't really wear pads, so it's hard to develop them during the season. But you know, he has been working and like trying to get better and all that stuff. So he was kind of commenting that the the way it's set up now, like they can't develop them as fast on the practice squad as they once did. Now, I don't think. Personally, they're going to call up Vokalek um, in the short term. I think they're going to try to find the use to um, carry an extra safety cornerback. Um, you know, one of these guys that's currently inactive or walking wounded. I think they're going to probably try to figure out a way to use one of those guys over adding another tight end because I do truly think between Ricard, uh, Likely, and Kohler, they have everything they need for a tight end group in the NFL. <laughs> like, they really <laughs> should be able to cover all the snaps. And I think you know you could. Uh, even argue like, oh, now that they're using Keaton, they're having uh, three running backs. Like, oh, that that helps um, you know open up a spot maybe for uh, like maybe Simpson, right? So Simpson had the concussion, but maybe he'll be available now. Um, you know, something like that. So I think that's what they'll do with that extra roster spot at the moment. And um, yeah, like, but I think the big thing looking forward is. You well, said. but before you go, before you go up, before oh, you go, yeah. I do have one comment on that though, because I did think the same thing at first. But I think you could also make the argument, like, I mean, they had everything at tight end they needed with just Andrews, Likely, and Ricard out there. But Kolar was still, um, I mean, he was still active on game days too, right? So, yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, I, I do agree with what you're saying. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think ultimately the Ravens will, um, you know, fall under. Where do you need the, the the roster spots in the in the moment, right? You know, but I do think that we we, we shouldn't fully write off the fact that Vocalet could get um, you know, could get called up because they did decide even with Andrews healthy. Hey, we still need Kolar activated on game days with these other three guys. So Kolar plays special yeah. teams though, so like that could be one of the reasons why. Um, I, I literally just saw him on, I have the game playing while we're talking and I was like, I literally just saw him like run around. I was like, Oh, yeah. that could be a reason. But uh, yeah, like he does, um, he does that. But I think the other reason too is like their second year players 
the time is time in the hourglass is actually kind of running out to see what they are and like do we need to draft another tight end like what do we want to do so i think that's another big reason for kohler like they just had he lost so much last year um i think they're just trying to see more of him and um you know he gets a lot of these like cleanup roll uh, snaps so far but now obviously he's gonna be a bigger part of the game plan um so yeah definitely i definitely think that will be something to monitor though let's see what they do because this is a a great uh you know you hate losing a guy like like Andrews, but it's a great opportunity to understand your roster better. Where do they value, um, you know, activations and where and who do they want to see play? So uh, hopefully we'll get to see some good flashes from these guys. And you don't replace an All Pro, uh, but you do have options here that I think to <laughs> to make it not suck so bad. <laughs> Let's go to that OBJ breakout, guys. Let's like, like you said, Chris, let's talk about it a little bit more. So here are the actual numbers. 116 yards. And don't forget, another by a, a hair overthrow on first down to OBJ could have absolutely been a dagger on the second uh, possession of the game to just get a huge um, you know, play there, get another touchdown, get points. Um, but he's looking good. 116 yards, 258 before that. And every once in a while, man, he catches the ball and he did a little uh uh-uh that I I thought he was (laughs) Zay. I mean, he looked good. (laughs) He has a little bit of uh uh-uh. And he's looking uh, just, man, he's looking good again. Like, I was so excited to see what we're seeing. Yeah, it was by far the best game we've had from him as a Raven, I think. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, he was explosive. He was getting open. Um, It didn't really matter what kind of route he was running. Um, There's some more crafty route runs. Um, to be able to make space there were some that he just simply beat his guy um, on a vertical route and uh and ball security also like much improved like <laughs> i definitely saw him high in sight man i just like saw it i'm like okay like you know there nobody's nobody's punching out those balls from him so um yeah i mean you know there were a couple plays i think you know that like you said they just weren't able to make those connections but honestly it, w- it was one of those games where we just felt like okay this is like the obj that we really wanted to have as a as a dominant number one and uh yeah it, fantastic 116 yards uh, it definitely showed off i think he was one of the strongest players on the offense yeah we've we finally saw him get back to where he was starting to look like he was going at the beginning of the the first cincinnati game earlier this year um, and then we saw him look even better. Honestly, some of those after the catch moves, uh, the the deep uh, ball that him and Lamar were able to connect on, the move he was able to put on that DB to get open there. You know, it's only one game. I think we have to remember that. And we also have to remember that maybe this is a matchup that works really well for him because, like I said, first quarter against Cincinnati in Cincinnati this year when it, it looked like he was ready to break out and then got hurt. And then we didn't see too much when he did come back. Might have still been coming back from injury. Hard to say. But if he can continue to do what he did against Cincinnati, I think that's the guy you're looking at as the security blanket to uh, replace Mark Andrews because he's a vet guy. He's been there before. And I think that Zay also has the potential to be that. But we also have to remember, you know, he's a rookie. He's had a couple games this year where he's looked overmatched, a couple games where he's disappeared despite the fact that he has been sensational this year. Um, having a vet guy like Odell to step up could be huge for this offense with Andrews out. You know, I'm not saying for certain right now that, you know, I'm saying this is definitely the start of that. But look, we saw an Odell against Cincinnati that we haven't seen all year. And it's it's something to definitely be excited about. And hopefully this continues. Hopefully the shoulder injury is not too big of a deal. Um, it doesn't slow him down too much. But luckily, we only play like one game in, in 22 days or something ridiculous. So he uh, has a good opportunity to heal up, and I think he'll look good by after the, yeah. the bye for sure. It's not an injury to his lower body. That's the one that would scare me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think Zay looked good in this game. Aguilar, not too bad. Bate got his touchdown. You know, Bate, too, he got a target deep. Another guy got a deep target, but unbelievable play. I think it was Taylor Britt who like uh, <laughs> knocked that it ball was. away. Yep, yeah. Yep. I yeah. I think that was obviously a, a great play. And you're like, ah, oh, darn. Like yep. um, he's good. <laughs> could, could have been it. But hey, I, I think like they're, they're working him in. You know, I'm, I'm hoping uh, again, actually, the one thing this is, this is subtle. What's the, um, the read progression 
in these plays now that Andrews isn't there. Because Andrews was definitely like one or two read, you know, in a lot of these things. And something I've talked about a lot with Jason is like he thinks that the X receiver in, in, in Munkin's offense is like the third or fourth read. So you have over here Bateman being the third or fourth read on all these plays. And, you know, if, if, if read one or two looks good, you're going to go there, right? So like you're not going to, you're not going to make it or like whatever. So I'm wondering, like, how's the play calling change? <laughs> are they going to run the same plays? Does that mean that Aguilar or uh, that likely and Kohler are going to be getting first or second? you know, looks because like that's how the offense was made or are they going to kind of change things up or at least change the reprogression? I don't know. I mean, changing the reprogression really is dictated by the the pacing of the routes and like when they should be open. So I think it's going to have to be different plays. And I think that's actually really interesting. Like how Munkin's going to be able to adjust to this. Yeah. I mean, well, we might've gotten a preview of that in week one, right? I mean, Mark Andrews wasn't um, suited up for that game and uh, <laughs> the <Zay> game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right yeah so instead yeah. of all the t- targets getting funneled to andrews they got funneled to zay right and i i think that's completely a possibility that that could happen um you know it, obviously the coaching staff likes him um lamar seems to have a great uh a great relationship with him we saw uh, a lot of fans saw that lamar posted on twitter that you know zay should have had that touchdown with a little like heartbreak uh emoji <laughs> afterward he wanted obviously that you know, that's pretty clear as day. He wanted his guy to get the touchdown. He was upset for him that he he didn't get it, right, man? So, you know, I I think that it is going to start out with being Zay, but I think that Odell could very well be a pretty close, you know, number two read a lot as well. I do agree with what you guys were saying earlier that um, it's probably not going to be likely in Kolar. I think they're going to be lower down on the pecking order in all uh, – likelihood um <laughs> dad joke <laughs> <laughs> hey you know that's that's what that's what we are now right anyways <laughs> but yeah i mean i i think they're gonna still feed zay and, and the only thing that worries me about it is you know something like that pittsburgh game it's just you know like i and i want to preface he's been sensational and i think he's gonna really turn into a guy who's gonna be a go-to guy going forward but i think we still have to remember that he's a rookie and ideally you know, you want Odell to be able to be that guy to step up in the games where, you know, defensive coordinators have found a way to to take flowers out of it. So, um, yeah, like you said, I don't think we know at this point, but um, my guess with what we have uh, at our fingertips right now as far as any information is is the Texans game. But that was only one game. So, you know, we can't really take too much from that at this point. Well, I don't want to move, uh, you know, too far ahead, but I mean, we have the game against the Chargers next week after that's a bye. So, you know, Munkin's able to experiment a little bit next week, see what things Ooh. go and then, you know, use the bye to be able to adjust and, and see what the offense looks like after that. So, um, and for a game to experiment, I think the Chargers is a, <laughs> a great time to do <laughs> oh it. God, um, You know, we'll talk about that more next week, but uh, they're a team that is kind of floundering. So um, I think that <laughs> it fits kind of well in the Ravens' favor. But um, but I did want to talk, uh, we should talk running backs because um, Gus Edwards continues to have a fantastic season. Honestly, I mean, he's getting close at this point for uh, setting the franchise record for touchdowns from running back. Um, another uh, 12 carries, 62 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that's over five yards of carry. Look fantastic. Um, he's exactly the kind of guy that you need to be able to punch in those runs when you're close to the goal line. Um, we were talking about it earlier of how kept getting stalled out in the red zone, couldn't figure it out. It's like we, we've seen to figure it out. The blocking's there. Gus is able to find those holes and be able to just power through guys um, at the goal line, which has been great. Keith Mitchell also continues to be involved. Not a you know great game by any stretch, uh, but still average over four yards of carry. Um, eight carries, 33 yards. And then uh, Lamar as well from all the his scrambles and all of his design runs, um, you know, also uh, ended up finishing up with 54 yards. So our run game still, I think, continue to look pretty good. Um, not as good as uh, I think the Ravens allowed Cincinnati. I think Mixon was doing really good on their side. But mm-hmm. um, I do think, you know, just talking about how the Ravens receivers were so good, I think the run game equally, I think, was also really good this week. So who is who does hold the current single season record for that? Is that is that Lamar or is that Jamal or Ray? I thought it was uh, Jamal. I, be- I believe it was Jamal. Let's see if we can look that up quickly. Um, oh, it's definitely not Lamar. He only had seven in twenty nineteen. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Ravens running back situation is, it's incredible. You know, Dobbins went down and none of us wanted to see that. And but we still want Dobbins here. You know, it, this offense would, as good as it's been this year, it'll be even more electric if, if JK was here, but that's just how football rolls sometimes, unfortunately. Hopefully Dobbins can come back and be successful somewhere in the NFL, whether it's here or somewhere else. But um, yeah, it is Jamal, 14 touchdowns in 2003. So, yep. But I mean, Gus Edwards, he's stepped up as he's done time again and, and throughout his career here in Baltimore. It feels like every year he's written off uh, there's some other more exciting running back on the team, someone more explosive. And then every year he's got to have a role and he does that role admirably every year. Um, and Keaton Mitchell, we knew this guy was a playmaker. We didn't expect what we've seen so far. And the one, two punch you have from these guys, the power with Gus, who does have some speed as well. And then just the insane speed with Mitchell. Um, it's a, it's an excellent one, two punch. Um, I, I love to, to see that we're getting some more carries for Mitchell, including some plays where the ball doesn't go to him when he's on the field. I feel like that was necessary yeah. for us to do at some point, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think really you just look at it and the, the only thing that you have to wonder going forward is just, um, the, how many plays can you get Mitchell on the field for? Uh, you know, I think that having Edwards as a starting back, makes sense. I do know that not all of Ravens country is in agreement with that, but I think it might be the, you know, the predominant uh, viewpoint. He's a little bit more of a complete back than than Mitchell is at this point in his career. But yeah, I mean, still Mitchell's home run hitter for this team. Anytime he catches the ball, he's got that threat. I tell you. So uh, Gus Edwards, we just talked about Jamal touchdown record. He's basically last year's Jamal Williams, as far as the league's concerned. 10 touchdowns in 11 games. Jamal had 17, and, you know, 17 games. <laughs> so uh, I think we're, we're seeing Gus just like consistently get those inside the five carries, punching it in. And, and, and then the rest of it's not too bad either. He has 36 runs this year already for a first down. Um, he's on pace to breaking his 2020 record of 45, or actually 2019 was 46. Uh, and he's just doing great. You know, maybe the uh, yards per carry is down slightly from seasons past, but I still think that um, he's getting a lot of those short yardage ones. He's an O and it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world to say, okay, you know, we need three yards. We got the three, like that's, that's a positive success rate run in my opinion. So then you add in the Keaton Mitchell effect, like you were talking about really great to see him being able to get those, plays that he was not the primary target on and also just like you know clearly being trusted with more things than before um i definitely think um you know i'm curious to see where keen kind of lies uh in the he obviously isn't going to have explosive plays every time he touches the ball like that's unsustainable so like where is like the, the explosiveness going to be what i will also add is like that guy had an incredible play that doesn't show up in the stat sheet where uh he was a convoy for Zay Flowers. He outran Zay to get in front and made two blocks <laughs> on that play that sprung Zay Flowers. I mean, he should have gotten you know some sort of recognition for that uh, for the play that never was because of a, a ghost holding penalty on OBJ. So I think that was something that I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff was absolutely enamored by, and we'll get him on the field more because they're like, oh wow, like you're not targeting him and he can do those kind of blocks. Like that's huge. I'm really glad you brought that play out. Yeah, I remember looking at that too and just seeing him completely run in the frame uh, to be able to make that block. Yeah, that was incredible effort, um, incredible speed too. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's I I, I guess I, I don't think anybody's measured it, man. But like, I gotta be, I gotta feel like Keaton's top two, top three speed on this team. Like, oh yeah, well he had the top speed for the the one play in the game, but like I don't know, they, they don't publicize the the GPS data for every player, do they? Like, I know that sometimes next gen stats has some of that, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm curious. Yeah. Now. I think it's a little yeah. bit of a limited sample size uh, yeah. on there. Yeah. But I, I will say to, to Keaton, though, uh, you bring up a good point, Alec, in that, um, you know, obviously his explosiveness on the really positive plays definitely noted. Um, this game, I do think, um, just want to call out, like, I think the Bengals were doing a really great job in, um, 
limiting his explosiveness. I think there were a few plays where I think the Ravens were trying to kind of like slip him in the back and, you know, send Lamar and all the blockers one way and then kind of have Keaton go the backside. They were playing the backside really well. And so I think there were a couple of plays that he wasn't able to get too much because the Bengals were kind of on it. Um, So, you know, I think he'll start to see a little bit more of that as teams kind of figure out how to be able to defend against him. So, you know, the Ravens are going to have to develop a counter to be able to get him uh, to be able to have more of those explosive plays while not, you know, advertising them or making them super obvious of what they're going to do. So it's something you'll learn. I I don't blame him, you know, whatsoever on those plays. There's only so much he can do in, in terms of making guys miss, um, particularly when you're behind the line of scrimmage. But, you know, it's, it's something I think they're, they're going to be continuing to work on and, and figure out exactly, you know, when you play Gus, when you play Keaton. Well, I will say Keaton got a 20.93 uh, speed. And then uh, Zay Flowers got clocked at 20.37. Um, so there you go. There you go. A little bit faster. <laughs> I mean, that was obviously like on that particular play in that particular scenario, but there yeah. you go. I guess the last thing we want to talk about when we look at the offense uh, would be the offensive line. Obviously, no Ronnie Stanley for this game, so Patrick McCary had to fill in at left tackle. We did get Morgan Moses back, though. He was uh, healthy for this game. Uh the interior was the same guys that we were accustomed to seeing, Simpson, Linderbaum, and Zeitler. Um, I wouldn't say it was a bad game from the offensive line. Certainly felt like one that was a little shaky at times. McCarry, I think, held up fine. Did get pressured a couple times, but I don't know. Did you guys have any uh, notable takeaways from the offensive line play for this game? Yeah, I mean, McCarry definitely was having some trouble. Um that's to be expected when you have like really good pass rushers like Hendrickson, but it's going to continue next week with, uh, you know, the pass rushers that, uh, chargers have. So I thought, you well, know, Bosa, I think Bosa, Bosa I know, may not play, right? Right. Bosa probably is hurt. Um, uh, I think they said it might not be as serious as they once thought, but, um, I could be wrong with that, yeah. but I do know that, you know, Khalil Max there. <laughs> you have so, Mac. Yep. I would say like still an issue. Uh, So yeah, I I mean, McCary, hopefully, I mean, hopefully Stanley's back, you know, but we'll see uh, if McCary has to play there. Simpson, you know, I thought he had an okay game, but the problem was he had those penalties. The penalties came back this game. uh, That's really been his black mark this whole year. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, Linderbaum and Zeitler I thought were fine. And then Moses I thought was fine too. So again, it's classic, like that left side of the line is like what we're concerned about. Um, And hopefully, you get a guy like uh, Stanley back. I think he's better than McCarry at this point, but not, you know, by much. Hopefully, obviously, he keeps getting healthier. Maybe, you know, he'll uh, be undeniably better. But I do think you want him in there over McCarry. And then Simpson, you know, we're just stuck with him. Like, I, I don't think he's terrible either. <laughs> it's just like he is what he is at this yeah. point. I don't think he's going to be um, – I don't think the Ravens are ever going to necessarily, quote, unquote, fix him. Um, I think he is what he is. and we'll, I like uh, him. We'll I, think, I think he's played well this year. Um, certainly a guy I think that, you know, if we find someone better, uh, we then you put him there. But I think he's been solid if you remove the penalties. The, the penalties, of course, are a killer. But when he doesn't hold, yeah. I th- yeah, no, when he doesn't in hold, my yeah, opinion, I think he's, he's been pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely agree with that. I think that's what his, his biggest bugaboo is. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, uh, you know, I think the Ravens hope that they would have had his replacement on the roster, i.e. Cleveland, but... You know, I think it's it, it, it's definitely very telling that Cleveland doesn't really play that much. So, yeah, um, they they kind of missed on that one. But but anyway, yeah, I mean, next, I mean, who knows next year? Like, find somebody, probably draft two guards. Who knows? Yeah, tackle. <laughs> Maybe the offensive line draft. Uh, who knows? But uh, but yeah, I I kind of agree with that though. Um, kind of your assessment. I like the left side. Yeah. Um, you know, McCarry had some good plays. He had some bad plays. Um, the the plays that he was able to kind of. Uh, pass Henderson around and Wilmar is able to escape out to his left like it's fine um, but there were a couple of plays I think when you had him and then you had the interior kind of let a pass rush up he had a few sacks so um, right side I thought looked pretty good particularly run blocking and they were pulling pretty well but uh, but yeah um, I really want to watch Linderbaum more I feel like he's been having a, a pretty good season that I think we've been uh, not noticing as much um, but uh, I watched you know a little bit more of him on my rewatch of this game but I, I'm going to be keeping my eye on him a little bit more moving forward to kind of watch him more closely. He's having a great year. He He's honestly been my favorite player to watch on the offensive line this year. Um, certainly looks improved, looks more comfortable, looks stronger. 
uh, than he did last year. Um, and it's still pretty quick. Uh, he, he had a great pool block that really fu- uh, finished off the, the touch first touchdown run for Gus in particular. That was one of his uh, big blocks in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, in my opinion right now, the most entertaining guy to watch on the offensive line. I, I think that we can certainly always argue about should the Ravens have taken a center at that point in the draft, but I, I think that he's really molding into a player who – is at least worth that slot in a vacuum. He looks like he's a stud. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we want to move along uh, to the defense. Maybe we should mention Lamar Jackson's name first. <laughs> uh, oh, man, we did not talk, did we not talk about <laughs> Lamar at all yet. Yeah, well, you got some time from the, 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 the... I thought he maybe well, would I mean, come up the thing, from... Man. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he'd thing, come man. up in the line conversation, but... Uh, when, he has, yeah. when he has just a good game, that's pedestrian Lamar, right? I mean... <laughs> It certainly was by no stretch of the imagination a bad game for him. That you, there were a couple more plays that he could have made. That just you know he had that that one play in the second half where he was scrambling around forever, and then he did find Zay in the back of the end zone. But um, yeah, didn't have given Zay enough room to uh, push that down. Um, we talked about the deep passing game last week. They're trying, they're trying, and we we hit hit on that a little bit already. Um, it looks like it's getting close, but um. Yeah, I mean, he was sharp. He was sharp on the short to intermediate stuff. Uh, didn't rush for that many yards this game, but was still mobile back there and and made some plays on the run. There's just not really much you can you can point out and say like you know we kind of have to talk about it because it just felt like this is this is that it was just baseline Lamar uh, in this <laughs> game, and that's not even that's not even to a disparagement or saying anything bad. It's just like he did the stuff that we expect him to do week in week out now. And he's, he's really become a player that you can just always expect. He's going to play above average out there for you. Every game this year, I don't think he's had one, maybe, maybe, you know, the, the um, second half against Pittsburgh, but not that game. Colts no, game. Cause that, that was, that was the receivers Colts game. That's what I meant. The Colts game. Yeah. Colts game yeah. was bad, but yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree. You look good. Um, deep passing game, still work in progress. Um, <laughs> the only the only play that sticks out in my mind is um, not the not the play that he ended up throwing to Zay, which was a good throw. I think it's just you know a really hard window to be able to yeah. get it into. A little late, yeah, um, yeah, a little late. I, I feel like I feel like that's maybe like a, a very nit right now. Is I feel like Lamar's maybe a little bit late on um, some throws. I think it was kind of back to what you were mentioning, Alec, last week about just being able to anticipate where throws are going to be open and kind of throwing people open i think is something that lamar still continues to need to work on a little bit but yeah i mean other than that like i feel like there's the only negative play i can think of is one time sitting in the pocket he's trying to look for somebody to get open he's probably there for like five seconds ends up uh determining hey i'm going to escape the pocket runs into zeitler and then you know kind of gets sacked or gets a yard or something i'm like man like you know you pick the right lane like you you know and get the first down i think that the the drive's solid but like you know, whatever. Like it's it's not an interception. It's not a fumble. It's not like a negative play. Ball security's been been pretty good this week. So, um, yeah, all overall uh, positive positive game for Lamar. I think that's where he missed his dance partner, man. I know exactly what play you're talking about. And uh, he like <laughs> he like pointed his arm out. He was like trying to like conduct, uh, you know, where people were running around. And he like was like, all right, I'm gonna run now. And he like steps up, and then he like decides maybe he should take a step back. And then that's when he like ran to his own guy and like, got tackled. Yeah. And then he, he yeah. smashes the, the floor, and he's like, I can't believe I, you know, he had like a lane, you know, <laughs> yeah, he had yeah, like yeah. so much time in the pocket and have a negative play. It's just unbelievable. But that's yeah. one thing I wanted to talk about, like. Yeah, they left him. They actually gave him a lot of time in the pocket uh, when they did. You know, <laughs> like sometimes a, a pressure got in early, um, but typically when he had pockets, they were clean and they were clean for a while. So good on Lamar and uh, good on the offensive line. So good and also good for on a national TV game for people to see what Lamar Jackson does. I think it's really important for his narratives <laughs> that like more and more people get to see like, oh, look, he can throw dimes. Like he should have been dead to rights tackled on that pass to Zay and he like scoops out of it, runs back, reacquires the field, finds Zay, throws a ball while they're rolling to his left on the money that like if the field is literally like 2 inches wider is a touchdown. Like yeah, I, I think uh, great for people to see that. <laughs> so let's move on to the defense, which I do think is a little bit less fun of a topic, unfortunately. 
we kind of continue to see the bad tackling continue. Uh, there's a play on Mixon. Should have been dead to rights, you know, zero-yard gain, zero-yard catch or whatever out of the backfield. Bounces off of Queen, gets like 10 yards. That was one, but there were multiple. And I think this is something that's becoming a larger concern. And um, it kind of goes into the physicality in the trenches that we talked about last week with the run game. I'm wondering what's going on with this unit as far as tackling. The simple answer might be just, you know, this is a very late time in the season to have a bye week, right? I mean, these guys are run down... We still have one more game to go before the bye week. Gosh, they're going to go through all of November still and not have the bye. If we still see it post that, then I would start to get concerned. But considering that this unit's been so good all year with that, it feels kind of like an an easy guess and a you know a lazy one at that. But I mean, what else can you really attribute it to? I mean, they've been doing so well all year, and then. If it, it just it to me that just seems like the most likely thing. These guys are gassed and and need a bit of a of a breather. I think so too, and I, I think this actually kind of goes in the next topic as well. Um, I think the the run defense, particularly this game, was probably the biggest weak spot on the defense. Um, just so many yards um, given up to Mixon up up the gut. Honestly, uh, very un- uncharacteristic of this defense. Um, you know, I. <laughs> maybe had like one other game like again like i guess like the colts game maybe it was probably the only other game that they've had like this of letting up so many yards but that was pretty mm-hmm. early in the season but uh but yeah i mean you know mixon had no problem getting six seven eight yards a carry for most of the game they did tighten up on occasion uh but for the most part i feel like you know if i were cincinnati like you can lean on that run game pretty much all day and they were they were getting uh, getting guys off and uh yeah i <laughs> I feel like the only explanation I'm really thinking is just like, uh, you know, a lot of fatigue on the defensive line. Um, you know, Pierce, I think, looked okay to me. Um, Matabike, you know, the, it is one of his weak spots. Obviously, I think he's a much better pass rusher um, than he is a run defender. But there were a couple times I kind of saw him one-on-one with the guard and, um, you know, could be in position to make a play, but just didn't get off his guy fast enough to be able to reach out, tackle Mixon. Um and you saw, you know, Urban was in there a lot. Travis Jones, um, one guy, you know, we haven't talked about yet, but Broderick Washington was actually inactivated for this game as well. So they were short a defensive lineman. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know, it, it it didn't look great. Um, it's it's one of those where okay, now we've had it two games in a row. All right, it's a little bit of a concern. But uh, I I feel like I agree with you, Peter. I, I think go through the Chargers game. You know, Eckler is a good back. But again, you know, we'll talk about it more next week. But the Chargers are they're a middling team. They're very weird. Um, we'll go into the bye week. <laughs> if it comes more after that, then we definitely have to be concerned. But but right now, I I feel like it's got to be fatigue, man. Yeah, you'd hope. And then what's going on with Broderick Washington? Like, why was he inactive? Something that no beat reporters asked. Like, I listened to the interview today of Harbaugh hoping that somebody was going to ask him. And I was like, surely someone's going to ask him. But no, they asked him all these, like, questions that don't matter. Like, let's ask him about Mark Andrews Lake one more time. Like, I, I, you know, I get that we're optimistic. But he, I think we, well, I think Harbaugh said almost all he's going to say. They'll have to ask him three more times after that. Like, can you tell me what happened to Broderick Washington? Was he sick? Like, Surely they don't want to go into a game short defensive lineman. I think they would do a practice squad call up. I and mean, that's a position we always see them try to have a certain number. So I thought that was really surprising and not great, obviously, to talk about the trenches getting too many snaps and to miss a guy, even if he's not playing that well. Um, you know, all things considered this year, that's a guy you assume is going to play uh, if healthy. So we'd love to know what's going on there. Uh, beat reporters, please help. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, I think. Uh, I could- could it have been uh, intentional? Like, hey, he's really fatigued and also not playing really well. Just take a week off. Yeah, but that I think they would have called somebody up, right? They would have like, done a practice squad call-up if they were going to do that. That's a good point. Like, I, I, just, I, I feel like they were short. Like, They were absolutely short of defensive linemen, and they normally just don't do that. So I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out. But it was definitely yeah, surprising in this kind of game. Also, like, on a short rest week, you know, like, I feel like you really don't want to be short on defensive line then. So I'm hoping it was some kind of, like, a cute, like, he had the flu, like, <laughs> popped up out of nowhere kind of thing. Yeah, not sure. But, um, yeah, I, if we – the before we move off the defensive line, though, which I guess we kind of uh, landed on with this talk, um, 
we're still seeing uh, some more big signs. Uh, Tavius Robinson, uh, he had his first career sack this game, had a couple tackles against the run. Really solid outing from him. I think there's other players we want to talk about with the defense as well who maybe had a little more impact on the actual outcome of the game. But, um, yeah, like you said, with Washington out, Robinson had to come in and and take on a big role once again. This isn't the first time he's had to do that this year. And uh, that sack that he had where he got inside positioning on that guard, just got up the middle, That there was some explosion there. I know, Alec, you were saying you were – just waiting for to see some tools he plays from him, some you know athleticism from him, which he knew he had. That right there, I think, was a flash of of showing some of the more impressive things that he can is going to be able to do at the NFL level as he gets more seasoning uh, with him. I think so. I think he played pretty well. Um, I feel like there was a lot of uh, you know just a lot, a lot of a lot of stunts, um, and pass rush moves, um, and uh, and guys are just winning one on one quite often against the Bengals. Um, you know, I know uh, looking, you know, going into last year, I think we had kind of talked about uh, the Bengals uh, O-line. They spent a lot of money to hire a lot of guys. Um, mm-hmm. And the beginning didn't look so good. Got a little bit better moving on. Still, even with adding Orlando Brown, um, still having a lot of trouble, letting up a lot of pressure, um, not just for Burrow, but for Browning as well in the second half. And yeah, I think guys are just feasting. Um, Robinson looked pretty good. I really love what to see from him. Owe continues to look really good. The only knock on him this game is just the penalties. He had a couple of them. Uh, not all of them uh, came when he was pass rushing. I think one of them he was in coverage was the, the face mask penalty. But uh, but yeah, that that was really the only downside I feel like from him today. But otherwise, I mean, you just look at him. Like he's he's got the speed. He's got the spin move now. He's got the strength to be able to get guys off him and he can finish too. Like he's, you know, always chasing down the quarterback. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, Van Noy, Clowney still looking great. I mean, how how do we find these guys off the street who have such high production at this level right now? Um, Shout out off the couch university. (laughs) Off the couch you. Oh man. I think the, the thing with Tavius Robinson that I really liked is, um, Hold up films, man. Classic. Jason made a great cut up of him uh, in the last game. And you can kind of see there's like two two types of plays from him. He has a little bit of patty cake plays where um, Jason kind of attributes it to, I think he's just getting comfortable. He's still like learning the game speed and stuff. And he like sometimes is not able to play with like as much aggression because he's like you know, processing. And then there's some of the plays where he really does show those sparks of athleticism. And, um, you know, he got his sack. He had some nice edge plays, et cetera. And that's really encouraging because that kind of reminds me of, um, you know, where Owe was last year. You know, we even saw last year with Owe, you know, after he kind of like had a regression season after his first year, just like not playing as as fast as you were hoping or as like as, as explosive. And I think this is something that will come with time with him. And if we can find a guy even – you know, 80% of OA in the fourth round, everyone's excited. I think that's great. So hope to continue to see his development. And um, I agree with you, Peter. You definitely see some flashes from him, this game of his athleticism and like why they drafted him. And the guy's a high motor guy. He's been, I think, pretty good in run defense all, all year. And then you got to talk about uh, OA and Van Noy, both showing <laughs> that uh, Mr. Left Tackle Orlando Brown is, uh, you know, maybe not the best left tackle. Uh, they both spun on him, both got their sacks. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, we got the best end of that trade. When we traded oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's first. right. Yeah, yeah. And then he went over. That to, happened so long ago. I, I, I forgot there for a second that, um, yeah, that was the trade, and then we got away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't have any ill will towards, towards uh, Baby Zeus. I thought he was great here. You know, he wanted yeah. to be a left tackle. Good for oh, him. Oh, he was great here. Now he's not so much. But. <laughs> yeah, he really. I mean, I, don't, I just don't. I just don't feel the need to call out. Uh, you know, a former player. I'm just saying. I'm not saying Alex wrong to do that. I'm just saying. You know, I, I just enjoy taking the chip game. shot because I don't know. It just, <laughs> it just, it like just cracks me up that he's like, I'm a left tackle, and he's like, but you're definitely a better right tackle. <laughs> you know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, you know, and that. <laughs> you know, that's that's certainly uh, a, an argument we could have at another day, and not one that I feel particularly strong each way or the other. I just hope the man, you know, has success in the league because uh, he was good here and uh, want him to do good things as well. Just not at the expense of us. Um, <laughs> but man, yeah, Owe, um, man, is he having a bounce back year. Man, uh, 
He's only played in six games this year, but he's had a sack in in four of them. Um, he's forced two fumbles, and it's not just the plays he's connecting on. He is in the backfield constantly. And, you know, I don't really know how better to describe it than, you know, when when pass rushers are good, like, you can just see it, right? There's just a certain way they kind of fly around the backfield, just, you know, kind of like, like I don't know, Batman encircling, you know, <laughs> the Joker or something. I don't know. But, like, he looks like a force whenever he's out there. And, sure, are there are things he still needs to work on, absolutely, but... Man, this bounce back season we're seeing from him is exactly what we were hoping for, in my opinion. And you know, and it's not just a pass rush too. He's making some good plays on uh, on against the run as well. Really stepping up big while we still wait for for Tyus Bowser to come back. Man, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where is you know, who knows if we're getting Bowser back or not? But man, <laughs> Oway, he stepped up. Man, he stepped up and. He's he's definitely a, a big part of this defense this year, Peter. I think what you're you're trying to say about Oa is something again. Shout out to Hollywood Films. Like you want to watch him do all his pass rush snaps, you can. I watched it. He's always collapsing the cone. I mean, yep. he, he might not be getting a sack, but he's the reason that somebody gets a sack. Or like there's pressure in his face, and the ball comes out, and uh, you know he's forced like he can't stay in the pocket. I mean, the cone is getting collapsed, man. Arm angles are having to be used, and he's just. I would say he's collapsing the cone maybe like 60% of the plays. Like, it's it's nuts. Like, I mean, it's just so consistent. Yeah, it's crazy. The it, uh, good pass rushers, like, it, it's, it's almost like there isn't really an offensive lineman there. Like, there, there might be, <laughs> there might actually be somebody there, but they're not really doing anything. Whereas, like, if you know that there's somebody who's not good at pass rushing, like, there's a wall there, and you can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's really the difference of like, you know, when you have a team that can just, you know, get sacks at will, like, okay, there's people, but like, you know, they don't matter. (laughs) They're going to be walked around. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, so many guys right now, it's just playing really, really, really high level. Um, Yeah. Like you said, Van Noy also had a sack also against Orlando Brown. Um, Still looking incredible. Uh, Kwani also getting involved. Um, You know, the, the, the pass rush, I think, um, it's got to be, you know, the pass rush and also the combination of the coverage in the back end has probably got to be one of the biggest strength, strengths of this team by far. Well, let's talk about the back end. We've got two big players to talk about. One that we've put, given a lot of praise to, one that uh, needs to be talked about a little bit more. Let's talk about Ronald Darby. Again, you know, he comes in, three pass deflections in this matchup. Uh, played great ball. We were kind of wondering, you know, why is Rocky Sin in there? Why is, uh, you know, well, at th- this game, Armour Davis got some snaps. We kind of know why at the end of the game. It kind of seemed like you know he could, but I thought Darby, man, he is dare I say playing better than Marlowe was. Uh, like this guy's just every time he's been playing has been playing at a super duper high level and been a great pair with uh, Brandon Stevens. Yeah, well, I mean, he got put into the game. Uh, Rakusin uh, ended up um, having that big pass interference call that it uh, put, took the Bengals and ended up getting them. Into uh, into the red zone, if I recall. So I think after that they started playing Darby a little bit more. But uh, but yeah, it looked pretty great. I mean, I think the the play that really stood out to me, I think, was that uh, deep pass to Chase on the sideline, and uh, he ended up basically just pushing Chase out of bounds. Um, he ended up catching it, but you know, out of bounds, and so it was incomplete. So yeah, I mean, that was. I think he's just a great uh, boundary corner at this point, and just uh, is you know just aware of where things need to be, and just. Uh, sticky coverage and doesn't really have anything blown and you know again in you know for rock he had that unfortunate play the past interference it was pretty blatant it was pretty obvious we just really haven't had as many negative plays from darby and uh yeah he's been very dependable huge question mark i mean huge question mark when he was signed he guy had bounced around a lot in the league um you know I, i when we signed him i think we we posed the question to to mark and kj in the chat um noted commanders fans about him because he played for one season in Washington. And I can't even recall if they really remembered who he was. Um, and I think you kind of see what's happened with him so far in the season. And he's a guy who flies under the radar. Um, he had good plays in this game, but I think you look at it and you look at the plays that he made, they're much more, you know, like veteran savvy plays. He's doing the right thing rather than, you know, kind of highlight type of plays. I think that's kind of how he's, gone throughout the year i mean even on this show like we've we've mentioned him before but never really 
as a guy that we wanted to highlight as someone who was had a big impact on a certain game. And it's just really incredible because, you know, he was a total question mark when we signed him. Like this guy's been around a lot of plays. Is he any good? You know, or we're just signing him because he's the best available warm body, but um, he's been critical in helping this secondary this year. Just like you guys said, he's, he's had to come in at certain spots due to matchups due to, you know, slip up and play by by another player like you just mentioned in this past game with Rocky Sin and I it's incredible that we were able to get the play that we've we've gotten from Stevens the play we've gotten from Gino as well as the plays we've gotten from Darby I mean I can't think of another year when we've had this many guys who've had to step up step step up in the secondary and have them perform this well it just it just hasn't happened before for us to, to and you know, generally when this has happened in past years past, we've seen our, our past defense go down the toilet. And this year we're seeing one of the best past defenses we've ever had. Yeah. They're on a really historic rate. And another guy that's contributing to that made a good play on the ball is Marcus Williams. You know, we had a kind of referendum against him uh, in the previous episode saying we needed to see more physicality out of him. Like this is starting to become a huge concern. And he played with a little bit more physicality this game. Like you can see that he's healing a bit. And I hope with the mini buy, you know, that helps a little more. And then obviously the buy, I think this could be a huge stretch of time for him to continue to improve his health and what he can provide to the team. But I thought he looked much better this game, showed some physicality, actually tackled uh, in a couple of instances and, you know, had the pass deflection. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely noticeable when he's actually going up and, you know, um, out from the safety spot and actually going up and trying to make a tackle or at least just being involved in the scrum. Um, it's definitely noticeable. So yeah, it was definitely appreciated it. You know, it's still not normal Marcus Williams. I think um, there, there are just some plays. I think that I, I think a healthy Marcus Williams could have played, but yeah. it was noticeably better than it was the week before. Um, definitely agree with that. So yeah, I think that's, I think it's a good sign for sure. So we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, he gets a couple more weeks under him. We'll see who else comes back as well. So, but, uh, but yeah, he, I think he looked okay. Um, Hamilton as well also continued to be really, really great. Um, another guy, Brandon Stevens as well. I, I know he did let up that touchdown to Chase late, but other than that, I mean, you know, he, honestly, like he has been our best corner this year. Um, some people might say Marlowe, but, you know, he's been hurt. Um, Brandon Stevens, I think by far is, you know, I, I honestly like, I think he could be a pro bowler. I don't know if all pro that might be stretching it, but I, I think he could definitely be a pro bowler this year. Yeah. You have to wonder if, um, I, I, I feel like if, if not for the recovering from the torn peck, I think that play, that pass deflection would have been an interception. Like he didn't even look like he tried to make an attempt to, to, to intercept it. Just kind of batted it away with his, uh, good arm, but, um, certainly seemed like a spot that he could have, uh, picked it off and, and ran pretty far with it, but Great to see um, some improvement from Marcus because we know that when he's on his A game, uh, he's going to be a, a force for this defense. Uh, Stevens, yeah, kind of sucked that he gave up the touchdown, but garbage time. So, you know, what are you going to do about that? But yeah, Hamilton continues to have an incredible s- season. Um, had several pass deflections we broke up. There was one early in the game on Chase that, that looked to me like that was a completion, but he got his arm in there and... Oh yeah, uh, that was a great play. Yeah, that was that was an excellent play, man. Like, doesn't show up on the stat sheet as an interception or sack if you care about that stuff in grading Hamilton. But I mean, that play is a real play that a safety makes against uh, one of the top res- wide receivers in the game right now in Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, I mean, secondary, nothing but good things to say. Yes, they really got to shore up some of this chunk plays that they give up, um, like on the long drive right before Burrow went out, but. You know, I, I know that the past two weeks, you know, we've seen some supposed cracks in this defense, some frustration from the fan base. I get it. But, you know, something I think we continue to need to remind ourselves about is that you look at why Wink was fired um, or, you know, why the, the Ravens and Wink decided to, to go separate ways. And the big plays was just a huge problem with this defense. Just too many, too many explosive plays being given up. You look back at what the Ravens have done this year, explosive plays are just something that opposing offenses are just not having any success with against this team. 
I don't have the exact numbers, but a, a, a brief, you know, skimming of, of the past games, you're looking at plays of 40 yards or longer. I could only find five that the Ravens have given up this year. Um, and ironically, only one of them came in a loss. That was that uh, um, touchdown pass to Pickens at the end of the Steelers game. You know, certainly I think this defense does need to shore up sometimes, you know, the the slow bleed type of drives where offenses are able to kind of dink and dunk and get these like five, six yard chunk plays in succession and have a long sustained drive to get down to the end zone. But, you know, when you look at this defense as far as um, stopping teams from from flipping the field uh, in the, these explosive type of drives, they're having a lot of success there. And I think you definitely got to look at that and, and tip your cap to this defense over this first half that they've been able to do that um, with a lot of consistency week in and week out. Yeah, man, this defense is special. Right, let's keep keep it up. Uh, if they if they keep playing like they are, they're actually going to break a lot of records <laughs> for Ravens defense. It's just <laughs> impressive uh, given the era and uh, the pedigree. So let's see what they can do. Um, I think that this is the unit we're going to lean on as the season goes on. If we, I think we're like, we go as far as the offense goes, but I think the defense makes that offensive need lower, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, you obviously need your offense to, score particularly in the playoffs against these good teams but this defense is a real game-changing unit and um definitely i think i think it's what's changed the culture in a way it's something we can also kind of go back to kind of the top of the show we talked about the crowd noise i also just feel like the overall like pre-game vibes are different now and it all comes down to like roquan speeches and like just like he's doing the Ray Lewis thing, man. He's like doing his best impersonation. Like he fires up people. We haven't had that. <coughs> excuse me. We haven't had that guy. And he just like, he's doing the things, man. And he's like making like, he's like basically just screaming his head off and people are not along. And I just think it's like a whole different tone going into games, man. Like heads are about to roll <laughs> every time we go out there now. And I think it's just a little different definitely is a little bit different uh i did de- i definitely appreciated uh appreciated rose response to uh to the to the uh, jermaine pratt um <laughs> a little bit of a twitter tiff apparently i which you know i found out a lot later than i usually do just not on twitter as much or x or you know <laughs> vx twitter or whatever hey, what the hell's going on called? with that Did you, i haven't even looked into it the v- i don't know man <laughs> i don't i don't follow it anymore but what i do follow is i, I love to follow the the spice uh, player to player fights. Um, yeah, I think Ro uh, Ro ended up putting uh, Pratt in his place and be like, "I'm in the business of uh, what? What have you done for me lately? And uh, you haven't done anything." I did on the rewatch. Watch a lot of Pratt. Did not look good. <laughs> Got a lot of uh, stiff arms to face. Uh, you know, didn't make a whole a lot of tackles. I'm just saying, Logan Wilson. He was he was definitely all over the place, uh, making his presence known. Pratt not so much. So, zip it. Mm. <laughs> but anyway yeah Ro, uh i mean you know how i feel about Ro. like yeah it's a, a great vibes love it uh player we needed for a long time love the culture uh so it's it's definitely you know it's it's, it's a throwback in, in every sense of the word and uh i'm all about that some of my favorite era of ravens football are from uh from guys like ray and ed and he, he brings that vibe on the note uh I guess we'll wrap up and jump into MVP's section. Uh, certainly a lot of players to pick from. And, man, I I don't have a, an obvious guy off the top of my head, so I guess I'll, I'll just do a call-out to this guy. We talked about him earlier about how he hasn't been getting a lot of love, but he did have a, a big game uh, in defending the pass this week. Uh, Ronald Darby, man, critical part of this secondary and and had a really good game uh, in, on Thursday night against the Bengals, helped uh, the Ravens. Slow. Finally, put a cork in that Cincinnati passing attack. I'll give mine out to uh, a guy I didn't think I'd be giving this out to, but Odell, Odell Beckham. I uh, I think he deserves it this game. Like we had talked about earlier, he was a big difference maker. Um, let's just look at the snap count too. Only thirty three percent of snaps, and he was highly highly productive from those uh, over hundred yards, four receptions. Looked great. So thank you, OBJ. That's awesome. Only 33% of the snaps. That's just, that says everything you need to know about his impact. For me, I'm going to go back to uh, who I was just talking about. 
Now, he didn't have a big statistical game, but man, Roquan, you were exactly what we needed when we had uh, a night game at the bank. Big part of the promotional material. Uh, he was yelling, he was screaming, he was doing all those things, and he said, bye, Cincinnati, which I loved <laughs> in the little dub cam. <laughs> like, remind him that uh, they got swept at his house. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I like the intensity he's bringing. Like I said, I think he, um, he just amplifies everybody. So give it to Roquan this week. That wraps up another episode of One Winning Pod. You can find us anywhere that you want, most likely. Uh, we're on VX Twitter, we're on <laughs> Threads, and we're on YouTube. These are the big things that we're on these days, and you can find us there. We love the interactions we've been getting lately. Keep it up. Please leave a comment, like on the video, or uh, send us a tweet. We really do appreciate everything, and uh, we'll be back later in the week to talk about a Sunday night football matchup, another primetime game for the Ravens. We're going to have a lot of them at the end of the year against the Chargers in L.A., Let's make it a home game, guys. Go Ravens.